Good morning, America. I'm kidding. It should be the afternoon. But, hi, everybody. So, welcome to episode two of Cozy with Leah. Um, And I appreciate everyone for coming to get cozy with me another week. Your girl's tired. Your girl is exhausted. <laughs> and she's feeling a little under the weather. I don't know if you can hear the... The stuff, stuffiness I got uh, going on, but it's making my nose itch. And like, like, and I don't mean like, it blow my nose. Like, I mean, it legitimately itches. And so if you see me itching, like my nose or like, like the sniff, I just, please refrain from the ignorant comments for once. Okay. Well, we got a topic today, honey. I know y'all saw episode title today and we're gonna get into it but first of all i wanted to thank everyone for all of the support that i received for my launching launching of my podcast and my first episode dropping on uh sunday the 14th for me the podcast was i talked about this before but it was a podcast that i wanted to invest in for my own self-care and that's exactly what it's become. And I'm so excited to be in this position to be able to, you know, speak with compassion and speak with empathy on topics that are super difficult to have. Like, with, uh, like topics that are di- difficult to include in conversation. And I received a lot of good encouragement last week and a lot of people who are excited for what I have to put out and what I have to say and I'm excited and I don't want to you know go without go forward in the episode without thanking everyone and then also thanking my mom and my sister Amari they have been my biggest like fans since I was young and just like all the things I did with the arts and the things I do with my involvement and also just me as a person as Leah and it's super beneficial to have that support system and for me to be able to invest that and to know I have that is super encouraging because I know with them behind me I can do anything and so I wanted to thank both of them for their support with this podcast and also just being you know, our little trio and the most influential women in my life. So I'm not going to keep going because I will cry. But yeah, love you. Uh, so that was my mom and Mari. So this episode, men with microphones. So this was obviously one can pull that men with microphones is referring to men with podcasts. So, I think for me, that's the first thing that jumps out. But there's also, I recognize there's other things that men with microphones can represent. Men with YouTube pages, TikToks, um, Twitter spaces. Uh, I don't know. I think that's about it. But it honestly can be anything. It can be anything. Men with microphones. So, one of the reasons why 
I wanted to talk about this was because I recently watched an episode of a podcast. And not even an episode, I should say. I ended up watching the episode. But because I saw a clip from it where this man is on his podcast. It's called Whatever Podcast. His name's, I think, I don't know if it was Brian Atlas or not. That's the guy who was like the main host of it. But a male host on the show hadn't there was a guest invited who was a self-proclaimed OnlyFans creator and she was talking about how her family would feel if she stopped doing OnlyFans and they felt very strongly that her parents are like kind of feeling her failing her by not by supporting her still with everything she's doing and she was explaining like you know well it's my parents and he was like that's probably worse that they're supporting you while you do that and I think for me it was kind of disheartening to hear because a lot of parents do make very harsh decisions when it comes to stuff like that and like especially OnlyFans sex work that's something that's been a more attainable thing of sex work you can do it from your house and a lot of times sex work was not always like that where you could just be in your house and say, hmm, what am I going to post on the internet today? Don't have to leave your room. Don't have to even leave your bed. And for and some people make bands just being in the comfort of their own home. And that's not how it used to be. It evolved from being something that was very harmful and can still also be very harmful because people forget that like the harmful platforms of, not platforms, but like, the harmful ways that sex work can be done is still being done. But there's been a more accessible and safe way to do it that people are trying to kind of use as a way to liberate themselves as well. Most specifically, women and LGBTQ people, which I think is super important to talk about. Um, One thing that struck me in like U.S. history and when I was in high school was the sexual revolution that was going on in the 70s. And that was when, you know, people were like, be free, love yourself, hippies. And, you know, Woodstock had just happened and people were doing drugs and psychedelics and Charles Manson was around. And it was a lot of stuff going on. And in that came a revolution where people were just like, love who you want to love and do all this other stuff. And that's where women were also able to liberate themselves in terms of, you know, men have been defined as like the kind of the breadwinner of the house, the alpha, the whatever, the beginning. And that, that was something that men were described as the breadwinners, the provider and the one who's taking care of everything. And the alpha that's how especially a lot of men podcasts define it and during this revolution women were able to say you know what if he can do all these things and because with these you know levels of stuff power comes with it so men were able to you know there's a lot of in those situations where men are the breadwinners and they're taking care of their family women have a harder time leaving their husbands especially when there's things like abuse adultery um other stuff like maybe she wants to branch out and create her own life there a lot of that stuff made it harder for women to do that and so when women were finally being able to you know what 
I can do that. I can do this. Women had an opportunity to also take on some of the stigmas, not stigmas, but like some of the roles that men take on, like being able to sleep with whoever they want to sleep with. Women were like, well, why can't I? And that's what they, that's exactly what they did. They flipped the scripts. And I think it was such a beautiful thing for women to step into their authority and step into their strength and not just let men get get to do what they want to do and men did not like that and some were very you know traditional about it especially with like if you continue to move forward and like the stigma with sleeping with someone the same sex because also you gotta think about in the 70s this was pre like AIDS HIV and all all the stuff that happened in the 80s so with that stuff then you have more stigma with LGBTQ and women and everything else and then all the stigma with like women leading a pure modest life them stepping out of that caused a lot of men to to kind of want to crush that and so and that that seems like oh it was so long ago no it wasn't even 100 years ago it wasn't even the 70s was not even if i'm doing my math so 2023 minus 23 is 2000 to 70s it was about like what 53 years ago at the start of the 70s that's my grandparents are older than that. So not that long ago. Like if we're being very honest, people have a habit of thinking everything is just so far away. Anyways, I think it's interesting to see this stuff perspire still today, considering it's 2024. Oh, it's 2024. What the heck? 54 years ago. Anyway, wait. We're not going to get into this. Don't dog me. <laughs> Y'all, that was so embarrassing. Is it? Wait. 24. This is bad. Hold on. 24. Minus 30. Because you're going back. Right. I was right. 54. Why was I? Anyways. But because it was that long ago, at the start of that time, and where that stuff was starting to like perspire from. It's just interesting to see people now continue that trend of misogyny, racism, transphobia, homophobia, when we have clearly evolved into an understanding that this stuff is not black and white. Gender roles, gender identity, sexual identity, all that stuff is going to be a gray area. And it's just sad to see people continue to be so hell-bent on a binary scale where it completely boxes people out and they don't care if it inconveniences someone's life because that's how they think it should be. And we live in such a, like, egocentric, like, system. The patriarchy is so focused on only one kind of person. And those are the people that we know are in power, are natural oppressors. And so... And I shouldn't say natural, I guess. But the oppressors that 
have always been there. They've always been the oppressor. And I think for me, it's hard to listen to podcasts like this when like men in my generation, men my age, sit here and talk about women the way they do. Especially considering some of them say they're straight. Sounds like you hate women. So if you hate women but you're straight, where do we go from here? But I'm not I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there because someone's gonna get angry about that. But you know, think about that. So one thing I want to talk about is gender roles. I kind of touched on it a little bit, but not just in like society, but like in a relationship and in, like in whatever. So many people have this expectation. They feel like they have the right to insert their opinion about how women should be in society, in life, in school, and what type of professions they should have, what type of household things they should have, be in charge of. In a relationship, what do women do? So looking at like societal, women have always been like labeled as the nurturing, motherly, you know, kind of like the, I don't know, but just like this mother, I think women are naturally associated with being mothers. And I think that is something that is frustrating because people then also break down womanhood to being able to produce a child which is not what womanhood is about. Not just because um, we're, we would be excluding our trans sisters, but people forget that not just cis, cisgendered women, not all cisgendered women, cis, not all cisgendered women are able to have kids. And some of them, it's like a medical, so are you saying because this woman can't, is it by your, own definition by what these misogynists and conservative people define womanhood as they always go to biology someone who has this part and is able to produce a child okay well this person who has the part that you feel is associated with womanhood is not able to produce a child so how are you able to say that that's what womanhood is about guess what it's not and it's much more than that and i think someone who can define being a woman, a lot of times if you ask them, they have no elaborate answer. And I learned that from a friend in my capstone, that actually when you, when a lot of times when cishet people are asked, what makes you your gender? People don't know what to really answer because they've never had to question that about themselves. And I think that's something we should start challenging ourselves with. And in gender roles, we allow ourselves to step outside of those things and it, it, it challenges the idea that all women have to be a certain way which is also something we learned in gender and sexuality studies gender essentialism which assumes that all men are a certain way and all women are a certain way and it focuses again on the binary so looking at um like expectations of women's bodies and like how everyone's body should look, how their personalities are, the nurturing, motherly, sweet, emotional, sensitive, um, their abilities and like all this other stuff, like being pure and modest and like how women should be. That, that is not how that's supposed to work. And a lot of men, one of the main topics I hear about is what they imagine and what they think that women should, what they think women's place is in the world. 
And I think that is so crazy to me that a lot of men won't be with women who make more money than them. They won't be with women who don't know how to cook, but don't know how to cook and clean themselves. Interesting. They won't be with women who uh, don't want children, which can be debated depending on if you want children yourself. That's different. But expecting that out of a woman is insane. Um, also, women who don't want to be stay-at-home moms. I think that's totally fine if you want to be a stay-at-home mom. I think being a mother is a job. And I think a lot of people do that job amazing, especially stay-at-home moms. But there are some people who don't do that job and they don't have to. And I think to assume that all people, all women should want to be stay-at-home moms is absolutely insane. And I think another thing with like expectations is women's bodies, the way that they expect women to look, to act, to behave. That is something that I've never understood. And I think the way that the media treated Lizzo was a perfect example of how the expectations of women's bodies extended further out than just, you know, being bigger than the average woman. They used her as like a candidate for like why obesity is bad and why big girls shouldn't be able to do this. And basically also taking away her sexual nature because, and people do that. It's dehumanizing that if they don't look or fit this European beauty standard or look a certain way, they're not allowed to, they don't have the right to be sexual. They don't have the right to want it to work. They don't have the right to talk about sex and all that other stuff. And while I'm private about stuff like that for my own sake, I do believe that it's it, it's interesting to see people like degrade others based on what they are attracted to. There's a huge thing that I've discussed with my female counterparts about men only only standing up for women's rights when it's women that they're attracted to. Huh. What an idea. That is such a shallow thing to do. To only be okay with women's rights that apply to women that you're attracted to. Because for some reason, you feel like you are able to get away with it. For example, some men are okay with a lot of other women having OnlyFans, even though some men are not. There are some men who are on these podcasts also that are okay with women having OnlyFans. Like, first of all, thank you so much for granting us free will. Like, if it wasn't for that, like, you really think that she, come on. Like, you, okay, thanks. But in that, they feel like there are certain people that don't deserve to be on there. Women who are bigger, women who don't have perky boobies, pe- people who don't have the disproportionately sized body that men have come up with in their minds of what they think is attractive, if they don't fit that mold, a lot of men feel like they don't deserve to be in that industry. And also in the same way that with the women that they do feel are attractive, they expect a certain type of woman out of that person. Because she's involved in OnlyFans, they expect her to be on a go in in a, in a sexual way all the time, which is such a like it's such a it's such a bad way. It, it, 
I'm just gonna say it. It's something that promotes rape culture, and I think it promotes this idea that if women present themselves sexually, that they are asking for and that they owe men a conversation or they owe men something sexual or like some some type of gratification. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think people forget that oftentimes when it comes to gender roles because that's another thing that women are expected of is to satisfy their partner, their male partner specifically. And I, it's not that I feel like women can't do what they want to do. That is totally fine. But I think when you have such a point of view of women doing it for you and not even themselves what's the point of interacting in that way i personally am not a person that wants to just interact with someone sexually just to interact with someone that's for my husband like that's for me that's that like for me i'm just saying for me that is for my husband and as long as there's no ring on my finger there is no reason for me to be doing any of that and that's 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 one woman's opinion so who's to know what the next woman thinks but to put us all in this box of we need to all be doing this incorrect and there's so many other things that go into like women's sexual abilities and what what men like their needs and like everything like that insane and then also it's important to remember that when it comes to these gender roles they affect men too Like, men on these podcasts don't just, you know, harm other women and, like, uh, non-binary and trans people, genderqueer, like, all those different types of people, but they also affect themselves. Because when you tell people that men are the breadwinners that they're supposed to be the one to provide the table guess what there might be a man out there who's a stay-at-home dad and his wife is bringing in the checks every month and paying taking care of them financially he's at home taking care of the kids and cooking and cleaning and you're telling me that you think that's a beta male because he is able to provide for his family in a way that works best for him and his family situation mind you once again most of these men are single I think it's absolutely bizarre as a woman who finds themselves always wanting to work and like find a career for myself and figure out what works for me. I would hate to every day not be in the workforce, especially now that I figured out what I want to do. I'm so passionate about going into that. And if I were to be able to find a partner who's like, I want to make sure that while we create a life together that I'm supporting you and our family and I'll stay home with the kids. If we were in a financial space to do that, I would be all for it. I would absolutely support that to let my husband stay home while I work. But people who have these ideas of gender roles, a lot of times they expect men to stick to the opposite. So they expect women to be nurturing and empathetic and sensitive. They expect men to be rough and straight to the point and not be emotional, not be nurturing and not be all this stuff because that's for a woman. And I think 
I, I, I don't understand how that phenomenon comes around because there's no gender to adjectives. Maybe in like other languages, sometimes you, the way that you word it is depending on like, you can make a adjective feminine and masculine. In the English language, we don't have that. Funny does not belong to either men or women or anything else. It doesn't belong to a certain gender. It's funny. If you're funny, you're funny. It's the same thing with anything else. Nurturing, sensitive, rough, straight to the point, all those things, they don't belong to a certain gender. It, it belongs to people. Adjectives describe nouns. Adjectives are, are descriptive words. They're not supposed to satisfy a certain agenda that you have. And so I, I think it's interesting how people will do that. Next is how men talk about feminism. So in terms of the way that mm, <laughs> the way that feminism is viewed a lot of times is in such a negative connotation. A lot of times it's men who feel like they're 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 just not really understanding towards the frustration that a lot of women and allies have when it comes to feminism because believe me you don't have to be a woman to be a feminist you don't have to identify as a woman to be a feminist you don't and a lot of times when it comes to anti-feminist conversations on these podcasts they're referring to abortion and like um female leadership and like how they feel like women are too sensitive the pink tax um the me too movement that was such a huge thing and i did want to touch on this a little bit because i do think so i do want to give a trigger warning obviously with the topic that i'm about to discuss because i think it's important to recognize the role that men like this play in things like the me too movement because they it all correlates to what i was talking about before with like gender roles and like expectations of women and how they carry themselves they have this expectations of women being pious, pure, modest. And when they do all these things, they have these expectations for women. And then a woman who they expect to do the same thing is assaulted. They are so quick to blame the woman. The woman. There's a sense of victim blaming. Well, what were you doing? What were you wearing? What were you saying? Oh, you told him yes earlier that day? Oh, you're an OnlyFans model? Sounds like it was warranted. What? Like, that's so insane to me. How people can sit here before they even understand the facts of what's going on. Even if they do, the the lot, not looking at it case by case and recognizing that not every single situation looks the same is something that is scary and can put people in a position where they're being taken advantage of in not just ways like that, but emotionally. And it puts them in such a bad place because men lead into the hierarchy that the patriarchy gives them. And it's just sad, especially because the Me Too movement doesn't just affect like celebrities. It affects people in like regular, everyday, boring, non-celebrity life too. Like in corporate America, like feeling like you can't report your boss because 
oh, well, you know, he's a traditional man and he's da 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 and they're going to assume that I was doing this if I, oh, they're going to view me this way. Those are comments that men make that people adapt into their thinking. And then sometimes it's not even other people victim blaming. Sometimes the victim blames himself because of these thoughts of gender roles and how those are expressed to them. And maybe they've heard multiple times and they believe that maybe this can't happen to me because I did this and because I did that. Like retracting your consent and stuff like that. And that was a huge thing that people that, that we were talking about. And um, I think also the lock and key concept, done. Like frustrates me to no end. The concept that if you don't know what it is, it's the concept that a master key, mind you, this is referring to male and female anatomy. The key being male anatomy, the lock being female anatomy. So it goes that a key that can unlock every lock is a master key, but a lock that can open to any key is a shitty lock. And so for me, it's hard to like hear stuff like that because it immediately weaponizes the idea of women's sexuality and men being viewed as once again the alpha and the oh he's a dog he's just you know he's a player he's king he's doing this and he's doing that but a woman being degraded and being broken down and kind of like you know dehumanized in the sense of oh you do this but like no one's gonna talk about how all of those keys were like I just don't understand how the people will go on these platforms and talk about this stuff and not even understand what they're saying about like how that affects people and like specifically women and like non (sighs) y'all I really it's bad And it's also just like sad because these things seem like they make sense to them, but there's a whole group of people from many different communities that will tell you that you are dead wrong. And so I also wanted to wrap up to the point of why this is important to talk about because oftentimes people forget that this isn't just, you know, a podcast listen to you know while we're taking a shower and you know oh it's fine we're just gonna do this and do that and we're gonna talk about this and I'm gonna rant about why women are you know wrong if they do OnlyFans but I expect a woman to be this way that way and have this many bodies and all this other stuff there's so much like hypocrisy that is so deep in these podcast topics that they don't even realize that they're being hypocrites and the it's violent violence isn't just blood and guts and gore it's the intention to harm other people because you can't you don't have to we've learned and there's science and there's research to back this up that violence isn't just physical violence and i think it, it 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 can be verbal it can be emotional and there's a huge common thing with like attacking women and I think it's sad as a woman and someone who 
wants to make sure I protect other women and who is raised by women to see men like this take these harmful opinions and conversations onto a podcast where someone could hear it that is completely unbait like un un that is completely biased and not really understanding towards how harmful those things are and how they can be said and repeat them and they create an entire reproduction of a generation of boys that continue to contribute to rape culture and then more young people are at risk to being victims and survivors and people with experiences and it makes me sad as someone who also has experiences in in those contexts I I rage at that stuff like the takeaway from this is that we're not here to fit into a mold that was made by men we're not I've never been a woman to allow men to talk to me and treat me a certain way. I've had many low moments where I've allowed that to happen, but I've never been okay with it. And a lot of times women who end up in those situations where they know their worth and they know that they're better than what they're experiencing will continue to allow themselves to experience this because they feel like they deserve it because all they've been told is their role and they have to play their part in society otherwise you're going to ruin you know the routine of the world and like society and how it goes and like you not playing your part is letting everybody else down and there's a certain sense of like societal guilt almost that wow maybe I'm not doing my job as a woman but in reality it's not you who failed them it's them who failed you and as a woman as a feminist as a sister as a godmother as an aunt as a friend as a mentor i refuse to like idle by while men are given platforms to talk about stuff like this because i don't find it to be interesting at all i actually find it to be very infuriating and these are people's kids, like, mind you. These men did not just spawn onto the earth, out of the sky, full grown. They learned this. People aren't born racist. People aren't born homophobic. People aren't born all these bigoted things. They learn, whether it's from their family, their friends, the internet, the whatever, they learn how to be bigots. And they learn how to be misogynist. And it's all fun and games on a podcast until the things they say is taken off a podcast. And now it's applied to real life. And now you have people who feel like it's okay to do certain things to women because they're not doing their role. They're disobeying. They're out of order. So I, as a man, have every right to put them in their place. And they don't. And my message to people who see that type of stuff and hear that type of stuff on a daily basis especially for any of my male listeners who are tuned in you should think about that
because some people are tired of hearing it. I, for one, I could, I, I could really be done with it. I could, and I, and I really would. I don't care what. I'm not here to satisfy any type of narrative that men have about women, um, and fit into a mold. Like I was saying before, I know that the person that God has for me is going to accept me, flaws and all. Um, and things that I don't even consider flaws, things that are just who I am and a part of me. And if that something is another thing that a man thinks is not attractive, then guess what? I was never meant for you. And I don't want to be meant for you because why would I want to be digestible when I can be myself and someone still accept me the same way? Interesting how that works. And I, I'm not doing that anymore. I refuse. Um, I feel like this was a good conversation. There was a lot of talking out in the hallway. You hear that? It's, it's McMaster. It's going to happen. So the reason I chose this topic was because there has been so much conversation. Like I am a debating type of girl and I love to have conversations about that. And I feel like yesterday and recently I've been having a lot of discussions about gender and like the place that it has, um, and like the opinions that, the like the place that it has in society, and also the opinions that differ between men and women, and a lot of these men have so many different opinions about women's issues, women's bodies, women's space, and their expectations of themselves, and their goals. And I, I, I for one, I'm tired of it. So I thought, let's make this an episode. Yeah. So, I appreciate everyone who listened, and I will make sure I, I hope everyone liked it, first of all. I I know I got a little bit more political, I guess. I don't view this stuff as, like, politics, because they're, they're people. You know, when it comes to human rights and human, like, experiences, I don't view the, this as political. Um, but some people might and that's fine and that's what this podcast is for is to open up those doors that people might be uncomfortable with and also recognize that a lot of this is my opinion this is how I feel about it and this is also on my podcast so like I felt like I had a chance to talk about things that I agreed with and things that I felt about what it means to be a woman and how men on these platforms take those things for granted and would rather make a negative out of something that is not, you know, fitting that mold again that we were talking about, rather than trying to understand maybe why those things don't align, rather than point making judgments and telling people what they deserve and what they and what as men they deserve and what as women we don't deserve. Uh, because guess what? They don't call that. So that is my TED talk for the day. I feel good getting off that, getting that off my chest. Um, so I appreciate you for tuning in. Thanks. Um, so we're going to end with our ins and outs of the week. So my end of the week is reading my Bible more. My end is also, um, not being sick. So we're bringing in good health for the week. And then also, Better spending habits. We're also bringing that in for the week. What we're leaving out of the week is 
going to bed late, super, super late, past 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm also leaving out people-pleasing and listening to what people have, the expectations that people have of me compared to my ability to do everything at my own pace. And we're also leaving out people who make you chase them. Because I will not chase anyone who doesn't want to be in my space. If you don't want me in my space, guess what? It's on you, babe. And so, I'm fine with that. Um, I think that's all I have to say. I think... I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Um, so don't forget to tune in every Sunday at 2 p.m. There will be a new episode of Cozy with Leah. And thank you for getting Cozy with me again. Peace.